You are listening to the OneOfUs.net Podcast Network. Hey, Chris, what are you drinking there? Oh, you never seen one of these before? No, what is that? Oh, man, this is Brewery in Austin, Circle uh, Brewing. They're uh, right near my house, right up on uh, Breaker Road. They got their own brewery with a bunch of stuff. This is actually, you're going to you're gonna think I'm lying. This is, I think, the best American Hefeweizen I've ever had, Circle Get Brewer. out. It's made in America. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. high praise coming from you. Well, take a sip of this thing. Try that. All right, let me see. No, no, no. That wasn't the Hefeweizen. That was the IPA. Yeah, no, I... That was the Ladybird. Yeah, that that's good too. Man, they make a lot of good beers. And like I said, you can come visit them at their tap room right down the street here from me, uh, on on Breaker Lane. It's um, it's delicious stuff. And they actually became the sponsor for the the website oneofus.net. Wow, good guys, and they live right down the street from here. They certainly do. And you can even get their beer in convenience stores now. Ah, convenience store. I'm gonna just walk over to Circle. This will hopefully be a short podcast, but I can never guarantee that with anything I do on this show. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, it's going to be short, and we're talking about shorts, but we might spend an hour talking about shorts. So, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no. But anyways, yes, hey everybody, this is a special Eye on the Pride episode where, um, you know, graciously we were given the um, screener links to every single nominated short film at the Oscars this year, and so... I decided to make this kind of a special Eye on the Prize style review podcast where we'll go through each of the short film categories. And, I mean, we, we won't do, like, in-depth reviews on every single one because some of them are pretty freaking short, like the animated films. And then some of them are, I think the term, as some of them would say, is brutally punishing and depressing <laughs> might be um, a general idea. So we'll just try to kind of give this a general overview of what we feel, or at least Bradley and London, because they're the ones who saw them, all the shorts, and, you know, who they think is their favorite and who they think will actually win at the uh, ceremony. So, yeah, right over here we got London Vyavong. How you doing, man? Hey, yo. Always happy to be here. Excellent. And then we got Bradley Martin. Hello. Also happy to be here. I mean, I don't know if you remember... Um, Kevin from the old Loading Bar podcast, but I always think that whenever you start with a hello. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think anyone else would catch that. <laughs> I, I think that all the myself. time when Brendan. <laughs> Sergeant hello, Kevin. Everybody. Seven, Sergeant Kevin J. Beard. <laughs> Captain Sassy himself. Yeah. No, I don't mean to. It just calms me down. No, hey, I mean, that's no, awesome. That's, nice. not, that's, not, that's not criticism. No, it's <laughs> nice. You know, actually, uh, uh, quick side note. I was watching this um, pop, this uh, YouTube, and he, he made fun of this guy because he was like an intro for some, I don't know, home makeover show, whatever. And he had the same introduction every time, <laughs> and he was so awkward and uncomfortable. He would say, hi, I'm, I am Jeff. Da, da, da. And even, with, even if someone says, hi, nice to meet you, Jeff something, he would still say, hi, I'm Jeff. Da, da, da. He was... <laughs> So, too no, formal, I'm, too formal. Yeah, I'm kind of like that too. Yeah. <laughs> that Social quirks. Mm-hmm. No, but um, so before we get started, I did want to cover one bit of a major news story that happened. And, you know, you guys have all heard about it. So the Oscars can't seem to please anybody with their ceremony plans this year. <laughs> um, because after the whole debacle with the best song nominees and they fixed that. Now there's the whole thing where apparently they're only going to show 20 of the 24 nominees because four of them are going to be um, shot and edited into a highlight reel during the commercial breaks. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, now here's the thing that I I, I did some 
I did some research on this. Now, the main reason for this, of course, is because the Oscar telecast is freaking long. Like, yeah. what? It's usually over three hours, three and a half hours kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the Oscars That's are true, trying yeah. desperately to find ways to cut for time. You know? So the first time they were like, oh, we're just going to get rid of all the song nominees. How could that go wrong? It's like, the Oscar songs are kind of the reason why people like watching the ceremony. You can see live performances. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's true. I- I mean, not all of them are, like, rocking songs, but it's like, hey, I remember when Counting Crows sang during the Oscars, or I remember when, uh, you know, Lady Gaga performed the last time she was nominated. Those are great moments. Yeah, you know, I got so sick of Coco, that song, but I enjoyed it at the Oscars. Remember me. That performance was fine, you know, yeah. But so, this time now, they're like, okay, so what we're going to do, and the it was funny because apparently the... Various members of the Academy, including Quentin Tarantino, Martin Scorsese, um, Roger Deakins, Caleb Deschanel, and a bunch of people, wrote an open letter to the Academy just like, um, yeah, it's kind of a slap in the face when, you know, not just cutting out nominees, but the nominees that they did cut out are cinematography, editing, makeup, and live-action shorts. And you're like, editing and cinematography are the basis of how we make movies, you know? God, yeah, absolutely. That's, wow, that's it's, so... It's madness. You know, it's kind of yeah. like, you know, you know, in a way, it's like you, you cut out, like, the backbone of films, and, and live-action shorts are, like, the future filmmakers, so it's like you cut... It's like you... <laughs> it's, like, it's like you... It's like you oppress the future and also the um, the backbone of every of all the filmmakers. Yeah. Now, the, Os- the Oscars themselves actually penned a letter back in response. So this Uh-oh. is what they said. Oh, okay. Yeah, Drums. so the, I- <laughs> the idea was, apparently... The guild, the various guild for those contenders actually approached the Oscars and pitched ideas for how to shorten their categories. So this was apparently, they claim, of course, you know, that this was a mutual agreement between various guild um, memberships with the cinematographers and editors guilds. Oh, but yeah. But that, that, that doesn't represent everybody. So that's why there was such a huge backlash to it. Um, And so, yeah, there was that whole thing. And it looks like, what they are trying to say is like, look, we're not going to do this for those categories all the time. If this is what we're going to do, we're going to rotate certain uh, behind-the-scenes categories and decide which ones will get a live telecast and which ones will be shot during the commercial breaks. Oh, boy. This is all So uh, it, doesn't really fi- it doesn't fix the problem, but it's like, okay. I mean, because to be fair, the Tony Awards do the same thing in their ceremonies. Well, mm-hmm. they'll, they won't show all the categories because, I mean... You know, I hate to say this, but it's like, yeah, I get this. Like, who wants to see best lighting? And, like, you know, the person who gets nominated and wins for that, you know? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, at the same time, it's like, yeah, that's important. That's people who make, you know, plays. That's how the people who make them happen kind of thing. Yeah, yeah that's, you know, there was always... I remember a while ago when they kind of switched leadership in the in the academy and they actually got rid of a lot of the guild and they kind of purged a lot of the older people from there. And that's why we've been kind of getting a lot of different people winning in the awards. Like, you know, like Shape of Water would never have won, you know, for a long <laughs> Yeah, they were supposed to diversify the Oscars, and what they did was just make them weirder. Weirder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, people, like, now it's like every, it seems like every win is a surprise. Like, because <laughs> normally, like, you would think, oh, Fences would yeah, win. Oh, uh, Denzel Washington would win. Oh, yeah. no, instead it went to. I, honestly, I was the guy who was voting for Casey Affleck the whole time. I thought he was the best actor that year. Yeah, it's just, but uh, no, but the thing is, back then, you know, it, like the old classic Oscars, they, or not classic, but, you know, before they had that purge, it would have went to Denzel. That's why it's, you know, it feels weird that, like, everything is kind of so, 
Yeah, it's, it's gotten weirder. Essentially, it's just, I said weird like. Three yeah, times. you know that's the thing, and and the problem is, you know, they're like, oh well, we'll get younger people who, you know, they'll watch all the movies and they'll be more in tune with diversity ideas, but as we know from certain people who have admitted the fact, they don't watch all the nominees either, you know. <laughs> We so it's like, yeah, uh, you know, because the thing also you forget, it's like, yeah, that same thing was going on during the 70s when the old generation of Hollywood was dying off and the new generation took over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just out, out with one group, in with another group, you know, same boss, you know, old boss, new boss, same difference kind of thing. Yeah. It doesn't help that every generation we're losing our attention span. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next one we'll create a YouTube category, like, you know, best YouTube <laughs> short film. I don't know. I mean, that's more or less what we're doing nowadays. When you look at some of the films nominated, you're like, yeah, some of those you can just find directly on YouTube and watch them there. You know, they're not gonna have you. They're not gonna have a film category. There's gonna be shorts. Everything's gonna be short clips. <laughs> the Oscar share money will be half an hour long now with commercial breaks. <laughs> with YouTube ads, best, yeah. Best sponsored ad leading into best short film. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. So this is just interesting it's just i don't know this, this whole ceremony is going to be a disaster i feel like and i'm going to watch every second of it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be a good episode for us yeah. yeah which i found out actually uh coincidentally enough so i have to actually fly down to utah to get my marriage license uh for the wedding mm. and that weekend i'm going to be down in utah is the weekend of the oscars so i get to actually watch it with lexi so. oh yeah, so I'm like, hey, we get to watch the train wreck ourselves if it is a train wreck. So. Yeah, and, and if you're um, doing an Oscar poll, you can see firsthand how competitive each of you are and, you know, work on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm hoping that we'll have a little bit of an Oscar competition between all of us here because uh, next week, people, we're going to do a prediction category um, recording for, you know, for who, who we think are going to actually win the top prizes. Yeah, so we better place your bets, guys. We're going to have a bumpy ride. I don't know. So, uh, with that all said, I mean, there's some other new stuff, but, you know, it's people winning Guild Awards, and you guys know these kind of things. Just go look out for them for themselves. The only one that kind of surprised me is that Roma did not win the Cinematographer's Guild top prize. Cold War did. Hmm. So, that's a weird thing where people are like, I mean, is it not going to win the big prize? I mean, you look at the trailer, and it, it, it looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that doesn't movies, surprise me, but it yeah, does in the sense of gorgeous. Roma so. being a runaway train. You know. Yeah, that's the only thing. It's like Roma's literally won every category, including the BAFTA, um, which I think, did we talk about the BAFTAs last time, or did we not yet? Well, the BAFTAs are the BAFTAs. Well, the BAFTAs are usually pretty close at predicting not only will be nominated, but a good number of people who will win. I mean, oh, I, okay. I doubt the favorite will dominate as much as it did at the BAFTAs. As it did at it the did, BAFTAs, yeah. Yeah, because it didn't win the top prize, but it won, like, multiple acting categories, and it won a bunch of technical stuff. So I'm like, ah, that one probably not, but Roma won film, director, and cinematography, at least, so. And, oh, Olivia Coleman over Glenn Close. Surprising... Yeah. I want to say no one, but everyone everyone was kind of shocked by that. Like, whoa, Glenn Close gets very, competition. It's a very British, you know, I mean, it, it literally is the British Oscars. So it's like, yeah, they're going to reward yeah. the British-made movie more than the, <laughs> the American and Latino-made movies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's what's going on there. It's, it's Again, I don't know who's going to win. This is I thought last year was hard to predict, but now that I'm starting to see it, I'm just like, it could be anybody in some 
Yeah, <clears throat> I, mean, I have my, I have some ideas, but sheesh, you're right. It's like it, it just even even for this podcast, we have to talk the stuff we have to talk about. I have a, a hard time <laughs> thinking what cool who's no, going to yeah. out of these. <laughs> What'll happen is, you know, some stunning actress in a great Gucci dress will be like, "Oh my gosh, this is the first time in history a tie, and according to Academy of Rules." You know what that means. And Meryl Streep will be like, oh, dear. And she'll go up and accept the Oscar. So, <laughs> you know, I, I actually would be, I, I kind of like when ties happen because they happen so, you know. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. And but then I there's disputes of who was, gets, yeah. Yeah, it was a 2012 when um, Skyfall and Zero Dark Thirty won for sound editing, which I love. Mark oh, Wahlberg, like, that's cool no, trivia. You got a yeah. tie, guys. No, no kidding. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, and that was the first time that tie had happened in like thirty years, I think. Wow. Maybe not, 30, but like, like in, at least a good decade or two. So they get, they get a change. Osama song, bin Laden down the dying. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> take what do they do? Take a hacksaw and cut the statue in half. <laughs> <laughs> On stage. No, it, one uh, one winner gets to do the cutting, and the other winner gets to choose which side they want first. <laughs> They're trying to eliminate the rules that would make for ties because they think usually ties only happen when it's like a couple votes difference. Like it's not ex- like literally a equal number tie, but it's so close that the margin of error makes it where it could have been one or the other. Mm. So, but yeah. we'll see. I mean, whatever. Anyways, all right. The focus of this thing is the short categories. Now, uh, <laughs> London and Bradley asked if we started with some of the other with the live action shorts because, um. These shirts were a huge downer, for the most part. Yeah, oh. London suggests we end on a high note, and I agreed. Yeah. So let's start with the live-action stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, so what we'll do is we'll go through each of these contenders and just kind of, you know, name off the nominees, what people thought, I mean, what, what you guys thought about them, general impressions, and then we'll do kind of a ranking of fate, you know, least favorite to most favorite when it comes to this <laughs> stuff. So um, let's start with the movie Detainment, uh, directed by Vincent Lamb. Uh Let's see. Bradley, what is Detainment about? Detainment is the based-on-true-events story of uh, police investigators interviewing murder suspects. Um, The case in question is the the abduction and the killing of uh, little baby James back in the 90s. Hmm. Okay, so, I mean, is it the gist that that's all it is, just watching people being interrogated, or...? Well, the uh, twist to make everyone feel incredibly uncomfortable and, oh my gosh, when is this going to end? I don't want to see any more, is the suspects are children, probably in their 10, 11-year-old kids, and their parents are with them. Um, We see the words they're saying of what happened play out, and everything is shot in a very, you know this is up to no good kind of way. So, um, yeah, uh, London, if you want to hop in and help me out. <laughs> you seem to be struggling to think about what to say about it, this movie. It wasn't, a, it wasn't, it wasn't nice to watch. If you have but children. it's very, yeah, it's performance driven is, uh, all the performers, uh, it's what I call a thankless role because I don't want to praise these amazing performances because, yeah, I have children, and this was incredibly upsetting to watch. Like, I don't have children, and it still was like, I felt like I had children. 
this movie is disturbing and you're right the performances and these are coming from like not only the adults are great but the children the two boys are yeah they're 10 years old the boys i just looked at it yeah they're phenomenal like they they're both and they both have very distinct performances one is more cold and isolated the other one is manic and they just it's they're both extremes of each other, and it's just brilliant. And the way it is filmed, it's 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 in a bottle, like it's almost like a bottle movie, because like we, we're we're yeah. in constant interrogation rooms, and we're just you know in there, and we have these close ups, and you know the we see the expression of the parents, we see the expression of the kids, we see the expression of the investigators, and everything is just so uncomfortable. It it's like yeah, it, the thing is, it's really it's immensely dark, and you're just kind of like, and it's 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 a dark and intense. So, because you, you're seeing, and and the thing is, as more details are revealed about the actual crime, you're really sick. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They don't even, they, there's a disclaimer at the end where it says, there were more details to this case, but they're too upsetting to talk about. <laughs> no, no, no the, the, actually, the, yeah. the court said they would not reveal it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like, it was that bad. <laughs> so then this is an Irish movie, right? I, I see uh, listed for languages here. Um, I think it actually. I think it took. Well, I'm, I, I think I'm not sure, if, but I know the setting takes place in like Liverpool, England. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I see United Kingdom, Ireland, and a few other places they filmed at. So okay, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, but um, it's uh, it also kind of paints a bad picture of England too, because you know, yeah. you one of the things that I did kind of like about the movie was, even though it was these boys commit this crime, it showed that they were. It was kind of the complacency of the adults that kind of led to what was happening. Mm. Like there was some incidents where it seems like this could have been stopped, but it wasn't because some adults didn't really get involved where they should have. And so yeah. it's like I thought that was like it just kind of added to the misery. <laughs> no, Having lived in England I mean, for a bit, that sounds pretty accurate, actually. Yeah, I mean communities have the power to all look out for each other and unfortunately i'll say we because i don't want to throw anyone under the bus or the trolley um we decide not to and bad things happen yeah well, no, right, the people so then, in this movie i'm throwing them under they suck they should <laughs> <laughs> i'm not being polite with them so then um in terms of this short let's just do like a quickie like would you just say yay or nay to recommending the people watching this short oh god oh. um i say nay and i'm all for the petition Okay, so nay in terms of not liking it, like like it's not a good movie, or nay just that it's uncomfortable to watch. <sighs> Damn you, Justin! No. I'm trying to be objective here. Come on. <laughs> I mean, well, I, it it puts you in an awkward position because the families uh, they don't want this movie to be shown, and the person who made it did not consult the families. Ooh. And I know that's this whole other political thing, or not even political thing, ethical thing, that um, can kind of dissuade a lot of people from watching movies. After seeing it, seeing it though, I'm going to go full hypocrite and say I don't think anybody should watch this. Okay, then uh, London. Um, it it is a tough call because I feel like it is exploitation, and uh. um, it's just that. <sighs> It's un- I don't like the average moviegoer. Heck no! But if you really want to see good child performances, then 
I, I, I had, oh gosh, this, this is tough. I had to say <laughs> the same thing. Like, the, if the family wants to petition and they want to stop it, then I'm saying, okay, that's fine. I, you know, but I just want to just give a special recommendation to, I think, I wish that the people in the film, the actors, I, they should get more roles. The awesome. actors, I think they, I they deserve that. more roles. They're, there's a lot of talent there. But I just think that it is it, the the background of it is so sleazy that I, I yeah I don't know, I don't know if I can recommend it either. And two, okay. you're just gonna feel miserable afterwards, especially if you have children, or even if I'm you don't. I'm feeling miserable. I'm feeling miserable just listening to you guys talking about this. To be no, fair, it, it, yeah, it's like you know this is the first one I saw, so I was kind of like, oh, f, f me. <laughs> I thought this. <laughs> no, yeah, we started with this one too, and oh, oh, boy. bad choice. Yeah. All right, then uh, let's move on to the second one. This is Fauve, uh, directed by Jeremy Compte. Uh, London, just general gist. What is this movie about? Okay, carry on the uh, tone of misery. Uh, <laughs> so I think it's French Canadian. It seems like the movie is, and so it's about two boys. They're like playing around and. Um, somewhere like some field what's with all the sad stories about children in this list <laughs> that is a very common thing you have no idea <laughs> everyone just so you know if if you have if you have anything about harming harming of children I, maybe skip a little bit of this <laughs> so, okay uh, and also anyway. yes uh, canadian french film yeah okay so it's two boys um they're kind of like they're playing around the field and um, at one point, they they run off until they, they find like this kind of um, I'm not oasis. It's like a like a sand pit or something, mm-hmm. and one of the boys gets stuck, and he's sinking in because it's quicksand, and so he's kind of rushing off. And he's trying to find a way to help his friend, and the story kind of progresses from there. So okay, now what's interesting here is that this one compared to um, Detainment, which was 30 minutes long, this one's only 17 minutes long. So has less time to commit more, I mean, to, to utilize more drama with the kids. But how do you feel that it works in terms of that suspense then? It, it, it the thing is, there's a, that turn is so quick. Like the, the point when we're just seeing these two boys having fun and it's like, okay, you know, nice, lovely, you know, youth kids playing around the field and it's great, you know. And, but once that, once that quicksand, one of them gets stuck, and it, it happens. It, it, it's like a, it's like a trick. It's like it's such a flip, Ooh. and it gets intense quickly. <laughs> it's, just, it's like I got. It's like you know. It's not like the tainment where they kind of like throw it at you. This one is like, ah, I got you. This is this is gonna be this is gonna be messed up. <laughs> yes. It has the opportunity to not be messed up. Yeah, but then it still is. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. we want that Oscar. Dang it, we need to make it depressing. <laughs> no, no. Cause in the beginning, they, they they reference like, "Oh, look, there's a fox. Oh, you missed it, you know." And it's like, "Oh, it's something beautiful." And then it's like, "Ah, uh, uh, you just you, goddamn it, freaking <laughs> acting." Yeah, you know, it's literally a film that asks, "What does the fox say?" And the fox, <laughs> the fox doesn't say anything and takes that to his grave. No, no it's chaos. It says chaos reigns, like in Christ. No, so then, um, so in terms, like, so, you said, I think London was trying to say, like, you thought the acting was pretty good then, or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Brad. Yeah, again, no, spot on. Two kids uh, acting very well, um, especially when one of them gets stuck. You know, 
his struggle when he's stuck is so convincing that I almost thought, oh my gosh, did something go wrong on set? And the director was like, no, keep filming. This is my this, this is, is my time. You know, yeah, this is art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So. so I mean, and then you know, I guess is there any other things to say other than just would you recommend people watching this? Like, is it still is it like well made and that stuff like actually deserving to be a nominated film? I feel like it's it can be on there, but it's not. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't really recommend it. It's it's not that great. Even the performances, they're 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 good, but they're not like you know that high of a level. And I mean, these are they're working with kids, and you know, kids are always tough to work with as actors. Sure. And you know, but they they did a good good job. So I say, yeah, you can. I I wouldn't. I don't know if I would even say recommend it because it just doesn't seem that much of a like i'll be honest like i, I rank these and this one's number five it's like out of all of them i think this is okay a, this is the least of the ones that i thought because like, it just seemed like there was nothing to it all right then uh bradley yeah i mean i don't even think it works as a cautionary tale because it's all well like you said chaos reigns and i'm not against films that say look your life is meaningless and you're going to die and no one will care you know, because I like Arnofsky films, you know, but um, I would say, mm, yeah, I might just put it ahead of Detainment at number four, only because it was completely fictional and it didn't like leave me grossed out for long. Like, okay, that was an interesting art experiment that maybe had something to say and I wasn't smart enough to pick up on it. And, you know, the kids had good chemistry together in their friendship, so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so then um, next up here we have Marguerite, which is directed by Marion Farley. Now, uh, Bradley, what's the gist on this one here? Well, Marguerite is old. The, and... the movie or the, or the person? <laughs> <laughs> Marguerite, our titular character, is an old lady who has a living assistant. No, not live-in, sorry. More like a respite uh, worker that visits her and helps her out through the day. Um, and she comes to find that her assistant uh, is a lesbian. And she recalls the time when she was young and in love. But when she was young and in love, that's something that you kept to yourself or else, you know, like literally... So it's uh, kind of a story of an old person dealing with loss, but it's such a great loss since she never really had it. It's it's pretty deep stuff. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it sounds like you kind of seem to enjoy this a little bit more than the last two, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, uh, to uh, mirror Brad, yeah, this is actually my favorite one. Oh, um, Okay. okay yeah. yeah. Same here. All right. It, yeah. It's because it's just that it's a really well. It's a very solid short film, and I think it does everything what traditional short films are supposed to do. It has a nice, quiet story, and the acting is is more subtle. It's because every all the other all the other performances in the other categories they're good, but they're very kind of loud and brandish. And this is a subtle approach, and subtlety is very difficult as, for actors. So you know, I'm not. So that's why they deserve praise as well. And two, it's like I said, it's, it's kind of like it's a bigger, it's a more quiet story, but it kind of points at a broader theme, you know, how like how times change and how sometimes within time we can see certain people were left behind. And so it's kind of like a bittersweet story, you know, it's something yeah. where 
it's good that things are different now, but you know, it's, it's sad to look back and see how people were affected by the cultural mores at the time. So, okay. that's what I, that's what I think. I guess I think it is. I, I would. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't cut to. <laughs> okay, fine. I would recommend. I would recommend this one. Yeah, same here. And it is a as you said. I like the subtlety because so many themes that request us current uh, young people, <laughs> to put it lightly, uh, reconcile with history scream it in our faces you know like reconcile with history you do it you reconcile with it and it's like okay thanks movie you're you're really trying too hard though and in this one just watching marguerite uh, flip through her photo book you know it it's not screaming anything but it made me feel like wow we really need to come together and reconcile with this history you know but Awesome, bittersweet story, as okay. you said. So no, that's great. Uh, and it's, it seems like it's only those two actors the entire time, right? Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah Beatrice Picard right. and Sandrine Bisson. So, and they are great. Okay, and this movie's only nineteen minutes too. So wow, it, 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 I kind of like when a short film actually is short. You know, just like just quick, effective to the point. You know. Yeah, you know, you, you could tell a lot with the just you know certain power of time, and it did. You know, I, we, we extrapolated so much from it. Yeah. Now, the next one here is Mother. No, not the Jennifer Lawrence movie. Um, <laughs> this one is by Rodrigo Sorogoyen. Uh, Goyen, uh, how do you say that? Uh, London. What's the gist on this one here? So, it takes place in Spain. And Ooh. a mother, uh, I think she's a single, yeah, she's a single mother. She's divorced, uh, strange from her, she's divorced from her husband. And... She's about to go out with her friend, with her mother and her friends, to, or the evening. But then she gets a call, and she gets a call from her six-year-old son. And it's strange because her son and her um, divorced husband—they they were supposed to have gone off and to like a beach somewhere just to you know have fun. But he he calls her and he says that the father disappeared. And so the mother is now worried, and she's trying to figure out how to you know help her son even though she doesn't even know he doesn't even know where he is and you know it's just the story's kind of a progression from there okay yeah. now i'm looking at rodrigo sorogoyan's um uh profile here he seems to be a decently you know like maybe not a famous director but he's worked on a lot of spanish television shows a couple movies mm -hmm. and that stuff this seems to be his big break because i think this one um it's certainly under the subtitle madre in spain of course um it was made back in 2017 just like uh, marguerite was actually and it also is 19 minutes long, uh, so it could be good effective time. But yeah, so what like what do you feel really works best about this short film? Uh, the performance of the mother. Oh, I, I believe she... it's um, Marta is the character's name, right? Or Ma yeah, I, I believe so. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but anyway, I mean... but she has to she has to build the tension essentially all by herself, oh. and she does um, incredible. Because, you know, being a parent kind of sucks when your kid gets in over his head. Because children, they don't know what to do in these situations. Like, hey, my dad was here and now he's gone. What am I supposed to do? And when you as a parent know that your kid will completely shut down if you don't keep them calm. But at the same time you're not calm like what do you mean your dad left where are you you know it's it's an explosion of anxiety and nerves but trying to stifle those feelings to protect your kid hmm. and i think she nails it 
Awesome. It it really works well as like a slow escalation. Because yeah. you get the call because it's a very calm and mellow. And that's something I think about kinda of like Spanish culture. Spanish culture is very laid back. <laughs> so you, you kinda of watch a film like, Oh, you're laid back, you're kinda of cool and then you know, you get the call and it's like it seems like it's a nice friendly call and then you got you see the situation and you see how it keeps getting worse and more and more dire and you're just like it, it it's it's kinda of like a page. It, it, in a concept like a film, it's like a page, like a book, it's like a page turn. What's gonna happen? What's gonna oh, happen? What's sure. gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Yeah. And and two, I, I think I want I want to mention this first. I think it's all done in like one shot or something. I think this was it called or, you know, where they, they yeah, don't have any edits so. or cuts. If they do, they're hidden incredibly well. Wow. Yeah, you need an expert to point them out. Because yeah. that's what it does. It feels more like a play almost, like a one act play. It's just someone on because this actually could be probably. I think this could be done as a play too. So oh, like like a short one yeah, act play anyone, kind of thing or. Yeah. Sure. If someone was going to audition for something and it was an um, an intense drama they wanted to be in and they chose this, good call. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Especially if you nail it, because I'd hire them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So no, it sounds like you guys have a lot of good stuff and good feelings about this. What keeps it below Marguerite as being one of your favorites, though? Um, um, it's ambiguous, and I don't need ambiguity after I heard about it. You know, saw a film earlier where a child gets murdered. So, <laughs> yeah, well, well, I think the tone of the night is why it's not my. Well, I, I have it at number two, but well, okay, I have it at number three. But the reason why is um, it's, it, and I, I think we talked about this before, but this is a really well acted, well directed, very short lifetime movie. Huh. Okay. You know, it's just, there's nothing really to the story. And it's just kind of like, it's almost just, it's not, it's not exploitive like detainment, but it feels like if for the reaction of the audience, this is meant to just cause anxiety. All right. And you can just praise the, like, or this could be a good tool, as Brad said, for an actor to audition to. So it doesn't feel like a true movie. Fair enough. It feels like a, like, kind of like an experiment. Okay. Okay. A good experiment, yeah. a well-conducted mm-hmm. experiment, mind you, but still an experiment. No, fair enough, fair enough. But with the with the ambiguity of the ending, though, um, and I know it's probably not what the director was going for, but you could say, oh, and everything worked out okay. Whew, moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, see, it could go, like, either way. <laughs> like, you know, it could have, yeah. like, if it did, if it was that, or it could go another route and... In either way, it would have been like it could. It's two totally different movies at that point. Okay. So, yeah. right right now, it's kind of like in the middle. Yeah. All right. Then um, the last <laughs> one here is. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Did you have anything else? Or no, I was like actually not in the middle. It's more towards the dark. <laughs> actually, I was gonna oh. <laughs> more towards the dark side. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, now the last one here is the movie Skin, directed by Guy Nativ. Um, so let's see. I believe London. It's your turn. Or or who who just did the last oh, one? I forget. No, I did. I did Madre. Oh no! So sorry, Bradley. <laughs> you do this one. All right. Skin is about an angry white supremacist who is also a dad. Oh boy! And one one day he sees a black guy at a supermarket and feels that that guy was being I don't know black, so he beats the shit out of him. Um, well, from what I'm reading, the friends of this man then abduct him and tattoo him completely black and let him out on the street to varying results, I guess, is a way of putting it. Huh? To but meet the, his fate. 
yeah, the, the the films uh, where it has mixed results, I feel. The point is, his son and the uh, victim's son are both characters in in the story as well, and they witness what happens and what did happen, and it's uh, pretty traumatizing because children don't understand hate. <laughs> you know, I I want to believe that at least, and. Uh, yeah, it's got like kind of a indigni indignish. That's not a word. Kind of like a what a twist. It, it almost seemed like a episode from the Outer Limits from the '90s if it was on mm-hmm. HBO. Oh, what if you woke up a different skin yeah. color, kind of thing, like that kind of thing? Or yeah, but at the same time, it's. I feel like it's a little disingenuous because it's not really getting into anything. Well, it's not really saying anything. Maybe it is. Uh, but I would like to say it's always great to see Jonathan Tucker getting work. Mm-hmm. I thought that guy was going to blow up after a history of violence. And unfortunately, he didn't. I mean, The Relic was pretty good. Oh, sorry. Sorry, not The Relic. The Ruins. I believe he was in that. And that was a decent horror flick. But um, now he's in this. So Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I forgot about that dude. I mean, he, he did show up in um, the last one of the last Call of Duty games as well. He had a, he had a role in that. So. Cool. Yeah. 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 No, but uh, London. It? Yeah, you yeah. know, Brad, I, I honestly I agree with most of what you said. I think um this is actually like my second least favorite of all the movies as well the well actually second ranked least this is number 4 out of 5. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. um this you know I you know I thought like you know you said the outer limits. I was thinking like if Jordan Peele had an anthology show that was about like horror and race like you know, in the oh, theme. you mean like the two anthology shows he's producing right now? Yes, this would be like all, this would be one of the <laughs> episodes. <laughs> the, the next episode of Weird City Skin. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so, yeah. So it's just actually I don't even know if it'll fit the tone, but whatever. But yeah, this, so this Not would one, no. <laughs> but, but no, I, I agree with Brad. It just seems like it's just one of those. It, it feels so much like t- like a television episode, and it just the whole time you it feels like something on HBO or on, um, I don't know, like yeah, something Showtime. No, not Showtime. HBO. Like stars or yeah, something something, that, something yeah. higher quality. Um, you know. So, and but the one thing that uh, Brad you mentioned too was the the children, and I actually didn't think about it too much until you talked about it because the children are. Basically, they're the children are always depicted as just innocent. They're acting just like regular kids, but they're in situations that are above them. You know, like the one child, like the interaction between the child and the white supremacist, the the father, it's very innocent. It's very, you know, they he could they they could tell this general love between them. You know, he and and just he doesn't understand the context of what's going on but he just you know he just loves his father and yeah the the a uh, man the uh, a black man who was beaten hor- horrifically you know his son just witnesses it and he doesn't understand either and it's like and and so then you know like it seems like they're both wrapped up in this in this situation but they're not really it doesn't it, it, it's sad to see them be a part of something that they shouldn't be a part of you know, and it's just like I can't. That's the thing. It's like I, I'm trying to, like I said, I didn't really think too much about this beforehand until you know, because now I'm starting to see like, okay, I do see some themes in here, and how like hatred is just kind of, it's like kind of, it's inherited or like it's passed on, but it's like you're not really 
you don't know that how ingrained it is until your society, you know, even as children and, you know, whatever. But anyways, it's just, I guess I'm not, I'm making it too complicated. But yeah, like I said, I don't, it's, I don't, you know, it's just, it feels like it's a television episode of an anthology series. That's, that's All my, right. so that's it my sounds like you're not as crazy about this one. Man. No, no, it's like I said, I think it's the, it's one of the, it's the second weakest. Um, and uh, performances are good. You know, I think the performances in every film so far has been good, but it's just like, it just feels like something of, you know, you, you would watch you would watch it on sh- on TV and be like, oh, okay, yeah, that was messed up. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I also exactly. see that um, well, Daniel McDonald's up. on this uh, from Bird Box and Patty Cakes. So, <clears throat> you know the, yeah. uh, the the bigger white yeah, uh, bigger true. blonde lady. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Lonnie Chavis, uh, who plays Randall as a child from what is that show called? This Is Us. Uh yes, indeed. So yeah, and he's, uh, he's also on Supergirl. So yeah, there we go. Oh cool. Okay. Yeah, no, that's cool. This one seems like it had the most star power of all the other yeah. Uh, short films. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I think that's it. It works in that sense because, like I said, I was rooting for Jonathan Tucker from History of Violence there, and it just closing. It seemed like it was going with a the hate that you show is adopted by your kids, but okay. then in the third act of the film, it goes full Twilight Zone and. You know, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> like you said right. when I when I mentioned the tattoo, tattooing him completely black, Justin. I think I heard you go, "What?" <laughs> no, I, I was just surprised. Anyways. Like, that's not where I thought this story was going. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. that, that is one thing. It, it does. That's a genuine twist because, like, I didn't see that coming at all. No, not me neither. No. And the whole yeah. scene is very strange, and that's where it kind of does get into outer limits type territory because it just feels like otherworldly. <laughs> So, yeah, sure. so then, um, I mean, you kind of already hinted at where your rankings are, but London, what, how would you rank these five short films? Okay, now actually, it's gonna sound, it's gonna sound a lot crazier, but so number five would be Fav, uh, number four would be Skin, number three would be Madre, uh, or Mother, uh, number two would be Detainment, number one would be Marguerite. Wait, you said yeah. how much you dislike that movie? <laughs> Is there number two? I didn't like it, but I can't <laughs> deny the performances of the characters. There's a lot of movies I don't like, but I can I can objectively say it's you know there's certain elements of it that deserve. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. You know, and that takes a lot of courage, London. Yeah. Me, I'm a coward. (laughs) Detainment is last. But so sorry, but then number one was uh, Marguerite. You said yes. Okay, okay. But then London. I mean, sorry, uh, Bradley. Yeah, I got detainment as last. Falve as number four. Put skin at three, mother at two, and then Marguerite at number one. All right. Well, there we go. We got a good idea of the live action short films, and uh, it took half an hour to talk about that, so goody on us. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> All right. So we'll try to keep this one short, too, as much as we can. We're going to go on to documentary short subjects just to continue the misery, just because we hate you guys so much listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, um, so the first one here for documentary short subject, we have Black Sheep, directed by Ed Perkins. Um, who would like to describe this? Um, I think, sorry, I'm losing track here. Who's, whose turn is it now, London? I think, yeah, it's mine. Okay, so what is Black Sheep about? Okay, uh, Black Sheep is a um, documentary about a man who, a black man living in Britain, uh, Britain who, he talks about his, uh, his past and how he had moved from South London to, I think, Essex. And during that time, he faced a lot of horrible abhorrent racism 
to the point that in order for him to survive, he had to kind of uh, conform to their ways. And he started to do things to become, to fit their, to fit uh, their, the community's um, values. And, and particularly he joins a gang and he, uh, um, he basically turns, he tries to make himself as white as possible so he can just fit in with them. And this is kind of like him reflecting on that, so. Okay, so there seems to be a lot of racial tension kind of stuff going on with a lot of these stories that I'm seeing, like even just like in documentary features as well. But um, like, what do you think like works or doesn't work really well about this documentary? Well, you know, this one is actually, um, uh, this was third on my list. Uh, I think that this was a pretty tough one because I thought that it's very, to, to, summate, to, put, to bring in one summation, it's style over substance. The content okay. is, you know, it's racism and, you know, it's about this guy and it's very personal, but it does, it looks, it looks gorgeous. First of all, the production values are excellent and it does a lot of things which um, are kind of being popular now with like nonfiction storytelling, which is like they have skits, they do little, um, they have oh, like reenactments. Yeah. Like reenactments. Um, they have, uh, it's kind of shot in that, in a new, that new way of documentary filmmaking instead of like the traditional, just, you know just film on the street filming so it just it's yeah th- th- that's what I, I think i like about it. they have some extra use of makeup um some very shocking just shots where it's like you see him because at one point in order for him to fit in he actually puts makeup on or people he, he tries to bleach his skin and he puts in Ooh. uh um call, uh, uh, contact lenses and that scene of the care of one of the characters he um the, the the character playing the younger version of himself he puts on the makeup and the, the, the um, context and it's and it's really shocking. It's very okay. Like, you know, I just looked up the photo. Yikes! Yeah, it's just like wow. Like when you see it, it's just it's so it, that that's why I think it's just like it looks. But that that's but you know I think okay I think I've said my deals with Brad. I'll let you <laughs> let you get in. No, I, I think he did an excellent job. He's just seeing a kid wanting to fit in so bad he would destroy his own body. That's the theme of this, you know. Mm-hmm. Come, come on, everybody listening. We, we owe it to our kids to make a better world where they feel yeah. safe and that they can fit in, not have people destroying themselves and their identity to find a sense of belonging. Yeah, so. definitely destroying right. the body and soul. And, and two, there's other um, themes. Yeah, that the, absolutely. Um, the, uh, one of the things that is, that is carried forward, not only the racism, but the parental connection. Because in his situation, he had a... He kind of had a disconnect with his father, mm-hmm. and I think that added to his problems too. So, I thought that was an interesting take, uh, interesting element as well. Awesome. So then you would say yay or nay to recommending this one? I would say yay. Yeah, um, me too. And um, okay, yeah. And just one one final note. I always thought it it's, it feels, and this is not a knock on it. It feels like a very good student film. Like yeah, like you're no, saying like if you saw someone do this, it would be like the top pro- project of that semester or yes. something like that. Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. No, it's only 26 minutes long, too, so it's a pretty quick watch relative to some of the other docs I see on this list. So. Yeah. And like I said, I say right. student film, too, because students, you know, film students now, they kind of know these new tricks with filmmaking, especially, like I said, the new nonfiction genre, that little big thing. And I feel like this is, like, doing a lot of the new stuff, so. Awesome. So then, Bradley, tell us about Endgame. Now, this one's directed by Rob Epstein and Jeffrey Friedman. What is this one about? Uh, this will go pretty quick. Endgame which is on Netflix, at least in Canada. So check it out, everybody. And it uh, premiered at Sundance when it first came out. So Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Um, just to put it 
Really bluntly, it's about people with terminal illnesses ready to face the end of their lives and how they want to live that. Mm -hmm. Um, How their families feel about the choices they're making. How involved their families feel they should be in this choice. And doctors trying to help people cope with whatever decision is made. Um, Sounds uplifting. Well, (laughs) I work in uh, life insurance, so I have conversations like this Nowhere near as uh, heavy, of course. Mine is just simply, well, I'm not going to get into my occupation, but I've heard stuff like this, you know, day to day. And this is very poignant, uh, very well done documentary. So it mentions here that it's done in kind of a cinema verite style as well. Like Like what is with the technique that they use for this? Yeah, uh, London, if you would. Yeah, see, you know, <laughs> it, it's interesting that because it feels very, um, it seems very traditional to me. Like, it's not, they don't do any, like, that. Like I said, this is kind of like counter to the other film, the Black Sheep one, because yeah. it's very traditional um, uh, documentary. Like, the, we don't, we never see the documentarian. We just kind of only see them, the people who are involved speaking. Um, oh, yeah, very good point. You know, I think it's, uh, it seems like it's a Netflix original film, too, so... Um, yes. So, so yeah, it, and that that very much yeah, it felt like that. So yeah, no, it, it seems to be kind of fitting in their style that they do the documentaries. It, yes, exactly. This is exact nailed it right in the head. They this is in the style of just like we the documentary is kind of like we want to step back. We just want to show these people, you know, show the situations, show the people who are speaking, you know, what the people from the organizations and kind of you know look at the more intimate moments of the people, you know, like how when they're talking about and they have to. The, they have to jump back and forth between the issues, you know, what, if they mm-hmm. have to make decisions and whatnot, which I kind of felt a little sleazy, but, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, I mean, is, is that what you say, like, probably your biggest complaint with that about the sleaziness, or is there any other issues maybe you had with the documentary? Um, everything else, it just, it feels fine. Like I said, it's just, it's fine what it is. Um, but, I, yeah, I did think it was a little bit, I think they got a little bit too personal with some people. I mean, we kind of got it. You don't need to film them. So it, it all grieving you, you think that there are too many um in private moments that we're focused on maybe yeah i, I think so i mean we kind of got the general idea from you know because there, there's a lot of moments where you know we see people talking about it and then we have moments where they it just feels like ah this isn't i i don't want to yeah, you, you feel like you're, you're this kind of thing you know you feel like you're just like oh now you're kind of exploiting their misery a little yeah, bit like a Tricked voyeurism, almost. Yeah. Hey, guess what? You, you tell us that story, but you could be on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I appreciated the mundaneness of death, so because we're all gonna die, you, me, listener, and not many things have the the balls. I'll say to be like, yeah, this is death. Look Did you go it. to Chicago okay. there? The, the balls. The balls. Yeah. <laughs> People, we promise it's going to get a lot better. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> no worries. Hang on a little longer. <laughs> no, so then um, I guess, yeah, generally yay or nay then for this one. I'd say yay, but London. You know, this is it's going to be on Netflix. So if you want to check out a documentary about this. And the thing is, too, I think it's Brad, Brad, made a, Brad makes a valid point. I mean, you know, these are uncomfortable questions you're going to have to ask yourself one day. And I think this is a good way to kind of prepare you for it. Okay. Yeah, so. All righty. It sounds good. Uh, and it's only and it's actually fairly long compared to some of the other ones. It's forty minutes. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> yeah. 
that's yeah. true. It, 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 it's a while. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, then, um, the next one here is Lifeboat, directed by Sky Fitzgerald. So, London, tell us then, what is this one about? Um, Lifeboat is about a, um, I say it's, I'm going to start with, it's kind of like a, a love letter to a group of guys who, um, they run these sea boat rescues of immigration ships. Because during various, um, in particularly Africa and Middle Eastern countries, people, refugees, in order to flee their circumstances, they get on these lifeboats and try to escape. But normally, the, they, many of them, it, you know, these boats are rafts. They don't really, they're not very safe. And, you know, so. Yeah, and you're going to the ocean. It's not safe there. Yeah. No, no, it's definitely not. And so there's this group. Um, they're, they're called, I think they're called the uh, Sea Watch. Yeah, Sea Watch. Yeah, they're and, a German nonprofit group. So. Yeah, yes, and so they kind of band together and made and get and they try to go out and find you know refugee boats wherever they are and, and save the people on the boats and get and bring them to safety. Oh, huh. no, that's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, is it just like a like so? Okay, here's the thing with that: like, is it just a promotional film for their cause, or is there actually like more of a story to that idea? I feel like it's a promotional film. Like okay. it's just, but the thing is, they deserve it. Like, okay. you know, this, what yeah. they're doing, because they're, they're, and what I do like what the, what it does is it, it shines a further light on, especially, you know, in these, this time, in this time and age, you know, it shines a light on immigrants and how, and it humanizes them, you know, and that's what, that's what needs to be done, you know, so. Awesome. Uh, Brad? I, I agree with what you're saying. It's, essentially, it's the white helmets of this year. That's exactly what I thought and, when, I looked, when I looked at this, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and um, there is horrifying imagery, just oh. as there is in the White Helmets. Um, but it's also incredibly touching how, and the documentary also reflects this, it's just people trying to save a life. You know, there's so much opportunity to bash everybody for turning a blind eye on these situations, but they're primarily focused, especially the captain in the documentary, they're just trying to save a life, man. So, yeah, fully support it, and yeah, you know, probably gonna. I'd say it might edge out and win out on on Oscar night. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. So then, uh, so yeah, that sounds like a, a yay. Or unless you had anything else to say, let me know that. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh no, def definite yay. Um, yeah, I think it's for me. Yeah. All right, awesome. Now, and also, this one is about 36 minutes long. So, yeah, not as long as Endgame, but still a substantial story, it feels like, at least. So This one went by very fast. Okay. I will say yeah, that. Yeah, I'd, like I'd say that, too. Yeah, you know, I don't know what the editing or pacing, and but you just, you're just you pretty captivated the whole time. And, you know, like I said, there's some beautiful shots in here. But, you know what I mean? And, and beautifully horrific. I'm sorry, beautifully horrific, too. Like, you just kind of, <laughs> yes. you know. it's Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, actually, the opening. The opening is great. I don't want to spoil it, but the opening is... Because you don't really because it's it's forcing because we were talking about it, but I didn't you know I didn't know what this was going into it, so it almost feels like <laughs> like cause it's, it it's, it's pretty it's pretty frightening. It's almost like film like a horror movie or like a thriller or something. Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you don't know what's going on, and you find out, and it's like, oh god, it's heart wrenching. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the ocean is a documentarian's dream. You know, everybody wants to film those beautiful shots of the ocean mm-hmm. with surprise horror show. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> now this next one here, this is going to be interesting to discuss. It's a night at the garden and this one's only seven minutes long. Uh, Bradley, what is this one about? This is the 
archival footage, actually. All of it is um, archived footage of an American Nazi rally at Madison Square Garden in the 30s, I believe, 39? Yeah, 19. That's what uh, uh, Yes, yes. For anyone who likes history that they will never teach you in public schools, uh, this is your jam, because... Uh, I had no idea there was a Nazi rally at the Madison Square Garden in 1939. So, wow. holy cow. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> and then the, the director of this is Marshall Curry, uh, who has you know, mostly done short films like this over his career. But yeah, I'm, I didn't even know this thing happened. I, did, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that he's like, yeah, the fascist movement was growing you know, during the 30s and that stuff. So I'm sure there were fascists in America as well. But we just never talk about that. <laughs> no, 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 we don't. No, yeah. no. <laughs> no. Awkward. You know, um, yeah, this one, I feel like this is honestly the weakest out of all the documentaries. But it's one of those ones where I understand why it's there, because it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do, is bring light to a certain aspect of history that we don't know about. Like, because I, I already knew about this, actually, going into it, so I was like, oh, okay. And and it didn't really tell me anything new, and I just think that the, the movie, it's, it's just it's, it does its job. It just says, like, hey, this happened, recognize it. Yeah. You know? Okay. And so it, it, there's nothing else to it. You know, it's just like, like, this one will probably also, like, on, maybe on PBS, like, as, like, like one of those, like, a buffer. <laughs> Wait, at seven minutes, it'll just be on YouTube, probably. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it could be a buffer. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, sometimes they have documentaries, like, long ones, they don't match exactly two hours or an hour or something. So they have, like, this, like, a little buffer. Okay. Okay. I mean, it seems like you agree with that, Brad. No, I agree. I'm not even sure what the documentarians did. I guess they edited the footage together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there is a, a, a you know kind of profession of people who take archival footage and mm-hmm. represent it. I mean, yeah. when you think about it, um, what was it? Peter Jackson's documentary, that one that just came out in World War One. There's no you know new footage. It's all archival footage they restored and redubbed uh, for some of the audio. Yeah, yeah. So. There's one thing they did. They did like a slow mo scene, which I thought was really awkward. It's like guess they wouldn't have had the slow mo tech back then. Yeah, they just they no the editing. Well, I mean, you do have slow, they, just, they had slow mo tech back in the thirties. I mean, it's just it oh, was cool. new, but no, I th- no, yeah. I think it was a um, no, it was an editing decision because it seemed like it was kind of you know modern day editing, and they just did some. Oh, you, like like is it like digital slow mo? Yeah, think? and it's just like it's just weird. It's um. like to show like oh look at this guy getting like because I think at one point someone rushes the stage, and they kind of slow mo that, and I'm like why. <laughs> I'm not sure. I guess otherwise we wouldn't be able to see the guy. Yeah, or... I, I guess it just it just seemed like it just seemed really awkward and kind of out of place within the grand scheme of the whole seven minutes. So okay. Um, now the last one here is the one with my favorite title of any of these short films: uh, "Period End of Sentence," which is really cool. Um, this one's directed by R- uh, Rika. Oh boy, Zentabachi Zentabchi. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Anyway, <laughs> tell me about this movie, guys. Okay, um, between the... This was tough, because this is, like, one of the ones where, like... I have to say, actually, this is my favorite. Um, and yeah, it's positive, too. Yeah, and that's what I like about it. I like that it's positive, you know? I mean, Lifeboat has a positive message, too, which I, like, enjoyed about that. But this one uh, is about a... Um, in India, as in many other societies, menstruation is kind of a taboo topic. People don't talk about it, but especially women. And so mm-hmm. they never took the time to invent, develop technology for proper um, maxi pads or 
uh, pads uh, with uh, what's it called S- sanitation pads. I think I don't know, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, see, I'm see. Yeah, that's how little I know. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not women. We don't know. Yeah, the uh, the IL eight stuff at the Safeway. Yeah, <laughs> where's where's Lexi in this time? We need to get a woman on the podcast again. <laughs> The proper perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Sanitary pass has to work. That's, I wrote it down. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> I have to write it down. Anyway, so what happens is the uh, they um this a group develops this uh or uh, a, a factory a sanitary pad factory, and they um it hires uh, all women and um and I think some I think men later on but. They they start to develop the pads. They start to sell them, and they show that these pads are actually because I think they they do have pads there, sanitary pads, but they're not as good. And so there's they focus on the um, the sanitary pads being a properly well functioning um, product. So they start selling it, and you know it kind of brings the community people. It kind of brings pride to the women, you know. So and it also yeah. So they they have the fly pads. They're called or the fl- or the fly brand. Yes, that's right. Yeah. They're called the fly pads. That's right. Um, and uh, yeah, so like I said, I think it's interesting. And we also kind of talk a little bit about the um, individual, some of the women who work in the factory. Like one wants to be a policeman, and she kind of talks about why she wants to be one because she says that normally, and because since India is a patriarchal society, you know, women are they're not they're just they're kind of just only they're only discussed in association with men. And she wants to be a police per, a police person because they then she would have like authority or power or a title or something. So, and I guess okay. I, I think it's interesting because a lot of stuff with, especially regards to India, like when I when I watch movies or I read news stories or documentaries, I think they're always so miserable. And I just like I'm glad this is something that's positive <laughs> and shows that there are people that that they're really that they're, they're breaking past that stigma. I think so. Yeah. No, Bradley. No, I agree with everything he said. I love any time a taboo is torn down. I think that makes the world a better place, you know, breaking down the taboos and putting aside uh, traditional conventions that are old. Um, And just the science behind it was pretty neat, too, how this little machine was brought in and it made everybody's life a uh, hundred times better. So, so do they explain the science of how they do maxi pad stuff? Or? Yeah, they they yep. totally go through step by step how it was made. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And uh, how okay. they can make it with uh, this material, and it's very cool, very cool. Awesome. So this sounds like it's a rousing yay from you guys. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and two, I think I, I was watching the credits, and it says like I think Oakwood School helped fund this production. So. Um, oh, yes, cool. there was a uh, yeah. non-profit thing called the Pad Project from California. Mm-hmm. It looks like. Yeah, so I'm happy. I'm happy about that. Seeing that. And, excuse me. This one is also, um, like I said, I don't mean to knock it. This feels like this will be on PBS, and you know, I think it. I think it'll make a great documentary for PBS because I think it's something that a no, lot of people. It's, can it sounds like it. Yeah. 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 No. So and it's only 26 minutes long, so it's kind of like right in the middle of all these ones too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then it's, I mean, I can kind of guess which ones your guys are ranking, but then um, Bradley, what's from five to one? What's your um, rankings for these shorts? Okay, five to one. So I'm going A Night at the Garden at number five. And mostly that's because I don't understand the process of how this was made. You know, I'd be interested to watch a documentary on that, actually, how this was archived and how archival footage documentaries are made. We need a podcast of how did this get made by Paul Shearer on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After that, well, let's see here. And I'm going to go with Endgame, which, you know, it, it wasn't bad. 
But like I said, it's kind of my day to day job, so a little boring. Um, <laughs> and I know that uh, for a lot of people, I, I kind of probably sounded chipper talking about this. I know it's a, an upsetting topic, the end of your life. So it's probably a downer. So uh, after that, I'm going to go Black Sheep, which, uh, as London put it, a very good student film uh, feel to it. Um, I always enjoy first-person narratives, but, uh, you know, documentaries told through uh, retellings of actors, it's kind of weird. Um, and then after that, I'm going to say period, end of sentence. Uh, definitely the most positive thing watched out of all the shorts. Good way to change the world, you know. I like the innovation and the uh, standard it sets for kids to be like, oh, maybe I can change the world. So that's very cool. And Lifeboat, I'm choosing as number one because I think it's going to win. And as an immigrant myself, I think more knowledge should be gathered up on immigration, whether it be on a boat or not. But yeah, just everybody, uh, just educate yourselves a bit and really learn about these situations because... It's kind of a boilerplate topic right now, and, yeah, you know, no, nothing, no. nothing needs to explode out there. Just everyone chill. Okay. No. Anyways. It's funny. With a period of end of sentence, I have a colleague of mine who's an Indian woman, and I think she would love this documentary personally. But, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, no, yeah. it is. No, then, um, sorry, London. Yeah, what's your rankings? Honestly, we almost have the same. <laughs> the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only difference is, like, okay, basically everything Brad says is the same, except for the last two, so I'll just go. Um, and everything that Brad said is, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pair with that. So except the only one is the the, la- the final two, which is um, uh, my second one is actually going to be Lifeboat. And uh, no, my first one's going to be a Period of Indescendence. But they're both excellent movies. Um, I just, uh, I think honestly though, I'm pretty sure Lifeboat's going to win, but I just think that, um, Lifeboat is good as a, um, is a good, a good love letter to, to the people who put out, who, who do these acts and it's a great promo piece and I think they deserve it. And I think it does shine important light on immigration period of innocence. I, I, I just enjoyed more because it brought up light to female, like there's always stuff that we kind of like we just don't pay much attention to. And I think this is something that it, I like that it brought light to it. Something that we just don't, you know, especially as men, we just kind of like, you know, I didn't, I, like, I didn't even think, you know, my lifetime, I don't, I don't think about menstruation as much as, you know, and, and I, I like, I like something that kind of introduced another light to me and especially to the world, you know, something like, and it's just, it's fascinating how it's still a taboo subject in so many cultures. And yet, yeah, why, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, I don't know. And, and that's what I, I think. That's what this movie kind of pokes at. So, yeah, that's why I that's why I picked um minor. That's why that's my first. Excellent. Well, then uh, finally, the lighter subject in this group, the Yay. animated short films. Or Ooh. is it? Uh. Da, da, da. <laughs> well, this ought to be interesting because now I've only seen one of these, so that's my contribution to this. Yay! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> but but uh, this one I did not see, but I'm very curious to hear about. This is the movie Animal Behavior from Allison, uh, Allison Snowden and David Fine. Uh, Bradley, what can you tell me about this one? Uh, animal Behavior is a therapy session between a uh, psychiatry dog, a therapist dog, and an assortment of animals who, in quirky ways, describe their anxieties and stresses 
which are actually very relatable and human, but also as the animal characters they are. So very cool. Excellent. Yeah, and, I noticed uh, quirky that the, and funny. Yeah. So, yeah. So, no, I noticed this is all like. Uh, so is it two D animation? It looks like for the most part, or yeah, it's a hand drawn. It mm-hmm. looks hand drawn. Mm-hmm. You can never tell these days, though. Am I right? I know. Yeah, computer hand drawn versus actual hand drawn. Yeah. For any context, it looks like Bojack Horseman. Does Will Arnett talk about anything in this? Will Arnett would fit right in if they were going to make this into a. Uh, longer you know optioned animated film but yeah, it's cute it's fun i really liked laura the leech because <laughs> yeah, there's a leech in this yeah yeah well she's she feels like a parasite but her symbiotic partner never calls and it's don't they need each other i mean and it's very yeah it's got like cute little quirky things like that but it doesn't mock therapy either i really liked that about it because a lot of times in these stories the joke is therapy is stupid and it, it kind of gives and takes with that. And it's pretty funny. Yeah. No, uh, London. Uh, first I'm going to start out with, I loved the shorts, all of them. I think this is, this, I, this is my favorite of what we've seen. Uh, not, not that this movie, but I just love these shorts, but this one is, it, you know, it reminded me of, um, like MTV two, <laughs> like back. This is, yeah. Oh, you yeah. mean like those kind of like those cruder animation style um, short um, TV shows they had? Yeah, you know, it had that just because like you know the thing is you know we make MTV two those animate those cartoons they were ahead of their time. Oh yeah. You know, and this one it, it just felt like it fit right there. Like it would have been something like it would have set the groundwork for you know movie shows now. I think yeah, it almost looks like a, like Daria the way it's like animated. It, yeah, you know, it's just it just reminded me of that so much, and I was like, oh man, it kind of <laughs> brought back nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> because you know it's it's not as dark as like bojack horseman because i know i joked around about the animation but it, it's not like that they're kind of different in tone and this is like a show i feel like i would enjoy watching on tv like you know cause, like you kind of just seem like this seems this feels almost feels like a pilot in a way it's like you know this could be made into a series so um fair enough yeah yeah like i said it's yeah. just, um, everything brad said i you know i think i think you already put it out there so yeah quirky mm-hmm yeah no, uh, so it sounds like a yay from both of you guys, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Excellent. Now, this next one, this is the one I actually seen because, yes, it's played before, uh, you know, Incredibles 2 this year. It's the Pixar short Bow. Now, <laughs> this is always the game of, is the Pixar short going to win or not this year? And uh. it's, not, it's not always guaranteed, <laughs> you know, but, I mean, I, to be fair, I will say this, that I am kind of sick of that, where it's just like, oh, it's Disney or Pixar. It must win. There's only there are some years where they do definitely make the best short film that year. Sure, I'm curious to yeah. know if we you think Bow is that. the best one. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You're saying Brad? Well, what's crazy about the experience of getting to watch all these shorts, and a thank you to you, Justin, and the podcast for giving me that opportunity. Which but, and um, thank you to the uh, the representatives who gave us the short too. I mean, the absolutely, release, so. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like. There's a how to how to best describe this. It's like a heavyweight world champion saying, "Who wants to fight me?" And then some eight-year-old kid who doesn't who has big dreams goes, "Ooh, me! I'll fight you." And that's kind of <laughs> what this feels like. Like the last one we saw, like we said, it's like, "Oh, you know, it's a cute, quirky, funny little sketch that somebody probably with a big dream threw together." 
and Bao is noticeably and clearly a million dollar production, multi million dollar <laughs> so production. It's like that, a professional competing in an amateur competition. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's awkward that way. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm you like, know, it's unlike the feel good stories where the champ loses. Bao is great. So I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> well, so I'll, I'll sum up the basically since you guys have been summing this. Uh, so Bao is a little short film about this uh, Chinese-Canadian woman who is suffering from, as they explain, empty nest syndrome because her son's left the house. And, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's going off to college and that kind of stuff. But she gets a second chance to relive that motherhood when, out of nowhere, um, one of the dumplings that she's making comes to life as, like, a sentient little baby thing. And she's kind of reliving the experience of raising her son through this dumpling. Uh, that's like, you know, can walk around, interacts with her, does everything else. And I'll admit that that kind of freaked me out when I first watched it, especially <laughs> in the context of what happens in the story. You're just like, so wait a minute. If they're implying this is real, then when she does this thing later on, you're like, oh, gosh, really? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, your baby's so cute, you could eat them all up. <laughs> <laughs> it's symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of, uh, I, you know, and that's the thing is like, I remember watching it and when I saw it in The Incredibles 2 where I'm like, yeah, this is cute. I don't know if I fully loved it. But the more I thought about it afterwards, I'm like, no, I see what they're getting at kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it's incredibly rewatchable. No, I, I, I love this to death. I mean, I was just, I, I was surprised because like, I didn't expect, you know, I'm in the same boat. I'm kind of like, you know, watching Pixar perform in these you know have their stuff in these comp in this in the in the shorts category is it, it's like imagine watching like it's like the rocky series but it's only the first rocky yeah where rocky keeps yeah. losing <laughs> <laughs> like, but he, you know he's, he had a lot of heart and he went the distance yeah this is fine but yeah this is so <laughs> and bow was like I, I yeah i mean it's um i think it's sweet it's touching it is yeah it is a little bit um it it, it it hits on every emotion, <laughs> like throughout the whole thing, and like towards the end, and then and then the resolution, and um, of course the animation is gorgeous. That's not even we need to talk about that. But I just even from a storytelling standpoint, I like I really like the story. I thought that was interesting, and and this really kind of put forth the idea that, or I I was thinking about where, damn, the shorts are. I think the shorts are better than the movies. Those are the other animated shorts calling in, like, screw you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry. My YouTube started to play up for no reason. Okay, start again. Start again. So, anyways, um, I really think that, like, now after seeing this, I'm like, you know what? I think the Pixar shorts are better than the films. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, see. You, you feel Elitist. Like, <laughs> you feel this one actually lives up to the hype? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do. Because, like, I think, you know, with, like, I've, out of all the Pixar shorts I've seen, like especially the the ones that are silent, like this one, they can tell so much visually, and they can tell they could do so much with a condensed story. Because I feel like a lot of the Pixar movies, and they're all you know, most of them are great, but there's always like a little bit of hijinks, and it seems to be like okay, but well, like, they're all cute, yeah, like they're yeah, they're, they're very yeah. yeah. But but see, this one it gets the point across, but but in that condensed short of time, it never felt like it meandered at all. No, I mean it's only eight minutes long, so. Yeah, so that's why I think like you know I'm, I'm now I'm like that I, that's it just this kind of that's what it did it just introduced that idea to me it's like wow this sh okay maybe maybe Pixar works better as shorts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean 
mean, you know, I mean, they're definitely not in their golden age right now with their feature length films, but it's nice to see that their short filmmakers are still pumping out, you know, unique stuff. And especially um, uh, the director of this, Domi Shi, uh, you know, this is her big breakout role because she's mostly just been an animator on, on the, uh, the feature films. Well, she, uh, I mean, she's, she did a great job then. <laughs> Absolutely. So, no, I will, I will say yay. Like, I mean, this, again, this one wasn't the one that, like, you know, in terms of other Pixar films, I can think of better short films, but this was a very good short film. Uh, mm. What do you guys think? No, I, I mean, I'm a parent. I agree uh, with London. This, when it does win, it should. Um, <laughs> not my favorite of these, I'll admit, but, you know, that's because... Anyways, we'll get into that later. But, I mean, this woman made something. Mm-hmm. Her dumpling. And, uh, like, that sentence right there. I could be talking about the weird anamorphic thing that she takes care of or her son. It's incredible symbolism because... You know, when you make a child, guys, you just want it to do what you say because you know best. And a child's not going to go along with that ever. And when you throw in culture and and love, it's absolutely fantastic. I think it's a well-deserved spot in the long-running amazing Pixar shorts. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, that's the end of my contributions in terms of things I've actually seen on this, <laughs> but now we're going into something that also looks interesting, and it's also a super short animated film. It's Late Afternoon. Um, this one was done by Luis Bagnall. Uh, let's see. Whose turn? I think, is it Bradley's turn to talk about this one? or, or Yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. I, I talked about animal behavior. Uh, oh, no, you, you did. Sorry, sorry. No, Bao, no, London. So, London. Okay, yeah, London. Okay, so Late Afternoon... Um, hand-drawn animation uh, i think it's british um it's about an elderly woman reflecting on her life um, um yes it's uh english and irish so. oh english and irish yes that's right oh that's right i heard some irish accents in there yeah and so yeah, the um british uh elderly woman she's reflecting on her life she's uh it seems like her caretaker you know was kind of helping her move and, and get her um objects together and, and every time she sees an object or a picture she kind of reflects upon her past and whatnot, and it it becomes evident that she has dem- she has dementia or Alzheimer's, and so we kind of we're seeing like the we're seeing like a visual representation of memory as it like you know as it goes through in the past, and we see different colors and stuff, and it seems like some things are like you know it, it, things keep getting revealed, and it's like more about our life, and we start to see more and more, and and uh, yeah, so like like so there's a story there. Um, I don't know how much I want to discuss about it because you know it seems like there's a yeah I don't want to yeah there's there's a twist that works best if you don't know it yeah okay especially in the feels I mean it's always interesting to see a twist that comes up in such a short movie you know in nine minutes you you don't have a lot of time to put in twists you know. Yeah, and it's a genuinely it's a genuinely good twist. It's not an M Night Shyamalan twist. It's a good. <laughs> <laughs> she was in a dream all along as an alien. But um, this all takes place joking. in the Sixth Sense world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's a, it's it's another sequel to Unbreakable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's throwing cars by the end of it. Yeah, she's just flinging tables at at cheerleaders. <laughs> That late afternoon is the greatest sequel to, <laughs> to Split ever. It's an M. Night Shyamalan cameo. Yeah. Shyamalan does it again. Yeah. He's a cool I mean, all along. It sounds like this is very slight. I mean, just, you know, being able to cover such a weighty topic in 90 minutes, you know, you can only get so much out of it. But what did you guys think? Oh, I thought it was really good. You know, um, the theme is love. And I'm a sucker for that, so... 
a well-deserved nomination, and yeah, I'd say yay. Yeah, uh, London? Yeah, definitely yay. And you know, one thing I want to talk about with the animation, it looks like a children's book. You know, it's it really, when they say hand-drawn, it really looks hand-drawn. Yeah, it's very, like, I'm seeing the images here. It's very, like, bright primary colors and very, like, simplistic but elegant designs kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, it's very whimsical. And it's, you know, it's a whimsical experience watching it, so I highly recommend it. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, the next one here, uh, keeping up the theme with very short, short films, we got One Small Step. You know, I just think whenever I hear that, I think of Aladdin. It's like, one step ahead of a law, man. <laughs> no, but um, this one's by Andrew Chesworth and Bobby Pontilla, Patillas. Um, Bradley, tell me about this one. Well, the one small step refers to anyone who's about to take a journey and also uh, references the one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And, um, <laughs> Are you okay, Bradley? <laughs> that's, that's how it sounds. Listen to I, it. I you know, guys will be like, wow, Brad was spot on. Um, <laughs> our titular character, which I refer to as all the main characters, is uh, this young girl who Luna Luna yeah. yeah Luna wants to go be an astronaut so she has to you know train and study and do her best and she has the support of her dad um, essentially it's about her being a small child with this big dream and whether or not she accomplishes it uh, you know you'll have to watch to find out but along that journey the film takes some inner reflection on what's actually important and where our dreams kind of come from. So, okay. Yeah. No. Um, very choked up watching this one. Me and no. my wife essentially just held each other and sobbed at the end. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say it's a resounding yay for me. All right. London. I, I have nothing to add. Uh, that's <laughs> the only thing is like, um, I didn't cry, but I was close to it. I, honestly, after, all these shorts by the you know by the end I was almost like oh this is this is gonna get me man yeah, this is drained <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's very sweet it's very touching um the animation it's um I think it's CG I don't know what it is I think it's CG it looks like it's kind of like like a CG kind of like doing like those like pop comic book kind of style kind of things it, yeah and it 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 works well I mean it's and it looks okay. very pretty just that the images I'm saying it, it is it's, it's very yeah. pretty and. Like I, said, I have nothing else to add. It's just it's it's a nice, sweet. Uh, oh, I don't say I don't even say bittersweet. It's a it's a touching, you know, story. And okay, yeah, like out of all of them, it's um, well, we'll get to the rankings at the end. But yeah, this this yeah. is this is a good one. Awesomeness. No, great that's one. really great. Um, and then um, the last one here is this movie Weekends. Um, so this one is done by Trevor Jimenez. Uh, and then London, you tell me about this one. Okay, Weekends is, um, I think, you know, I honestly, I can't tell what the art style, animation style was to it, but it, um, it's about a, a young boy, he, um, he's kind of living with, in like two households because his parents have divorced, and he, you know, spends the week with his mother, and then in the weekend he sees his father, but the story is told from the perspective of him, so everything's very, like, um, kind of uh, uh, creative and imaginative, and like the world seems very fantastical in a way. But the story is also very haunting, and uh, the because like we we see him go from like his experiences at home when he goes through dark stuff is is shown visually, and he goes through other aspects of his life is kind of shown that way too. So 
Um, yeah, that's really about it. The plot. Yeah, no, I noticed too that this is another film with uh, Asian American or Asian Canadian or Asian themed topics too in the short film category. Yeah, actually, like, yeah, wow, like third, yeah, it's the third one, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, then Bow yeah. and then uh, One Small Step, which I'm like, wow, yeah. that just I didn't realize which, there'd be so much Asian representation, awesomeness. Yes, I'm so happy about that. <laughs> I think that's. Yeah, no, I figured. <laughs> I think it might be another reason no. why I was kind of choked. I, I felt a little emotional watching these because I felt like, oh. They finally represented my people. (laughs) They did it for me. (laughs) Yeah, well, if also, if you ever, I mean, I've actually lost a parent, so. Oh, I'm (laughs) so sorry. Lame. (laughs) This stuff was, like, hitting me a little bit. Yeah. But, but, yeah, um, but, yeah, that's, like I said, with this one, it's, okay, well, yeah, I think I, so, so, uh, Brad, what do you think? Um, I think the backgrounds were incredible. Mm-hmm. The story, I'm not sure what to make of this. I've never lived this situation, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like a lot of nightmare fuel. I didn't understand the nightmare fuel, so that made it even scarier for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so is it more and, nightmare uh, fuel than the stuff from Mirai that we watched? I'd say so. Ooh. There's this man with a, a candlelit head that's yeah. always kind of bothering him. And I get that, you know... It's surreal and uh, through the eyes of a child making what a child does is puts light to a situation in order to survive it. Um, But I don't want to think about why this man had a candle head and (laughs) what it meant for him to blow it out or not. So I mean, you might say he was a hothead. Yeah. Uh, oh, that, that might oh, be okay. it. Actually, uh, I mean, there we go. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just making a pun. Oh, there we go. It actually makes sense. <laughs> like, oh, at, really? at first, I didn't know I, either. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this little boy's parents are divorced, so he's spending the weekends with his dad. And I thought, oh, that's that. This will be interesting to see how it plays out. And it kind of doesn't. And I thought, well, that's not fair. But then I thought, oh, maybe that's the point. So maybe a little too arty for my sensibilities, even though I claim to wear a monocle. I, I didn't quite get this one. It, it was, it's very, it, I, it's like it's one of the things where it is um, style over substance. Um, it meanders quite a bit with the story. Because usually with these shorts, like they kind of, we get the point and they get through it. But this one is, <laughs> it, it just in the middle, it kind of like, we don't know where it's going and it doesn't really ever go anywhere. And um, one thing, other thing that we have to talk about, like, you know, it's a nightmare fuel the sound really adds to that yeah. nightmare fuel. It's very haunting. Ooh. Like it's very just like I can't even describe the score and this it just it's uh, yeah, I can't I don't even know how to describe it. It's just it's very shrill and shrill inducing. Um one other aspect though I thought was interesting. I, I looked at the credits. I think Pixar was involved somehow. Um. I, yeah, hmm. I saw that somewhere. I'm like, what? As I saw a Pixar, I'm like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> so yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't. I, I didn't see their names on here. I mean, it's possible that some like Trevor Jimenez might be. Oh well, he was an animator at Pixar and a few other studios too. I see. He did. He worked on Finding Dory. He worked on Coco. Um, oh, okay. okay uh, he does. That. He he writes for We Bear Bears, that TV show. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a fun show. Yeah, so I think... Check it out with your kids, everyone. I'm sure he had, it's very possible that Pixar did probably help out with the animation or something else in this film, just based on that. Yeah, no, 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 I think that's interesting. But, huh. Awesome. Because, you know, honestly, though, in this, again, I don't, I don't want to be a docket, but it's it feels like a student film. 
<laughs> Lots of student films. Well, I mean, to be fair, some student films have won Oscars in these categories, so. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I don't mean it as an insult. I'm just saying that it de- it definitely felt like it was coming off as, like, trying to show off. Yeah. And, um, you know, so. Awesome. You know, so like I said, and it, I think it did well in what it was, you know, trying to show off. So, I guess I just, yeah. Yeah. So then, um, I guess, yeah, London, where would you rank from five to one, your least to most favorite? Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's it's tough with this one because, like, I enjoyed all of them so much. And um, so, uh, but yeah, I'm going to okay, start out with number five is going to be animal behavior. Um, I thought it was funny. Uh, I liked, uh, you know, I think it's cute little animation, great dialogue. It's just that, you know, it seemed like something like, you know, most like a TV show. And uh, okay. I think that would probably work best there. Um, my number four is going to be a late animation. Oh, I'm sorry, late. <laughs> late afternoon. <laughs> late um, animation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, late, yeah, um, I think it's, I love, love the um, art style, um, very whimsical, great, uh, great um, subject, and um, like I said, definitely, uh, I love, like the story too, so um, yeah, that's why I think that was good. My number, th- let's see, four, number three is um, actually going to be Weekends. Um, okay. I, like I said, I think it's style over substance, but it has a great style. So um, I love the uh, like this. I love the backgrounds. I, haunting, haunting, but you know, interesting. So yeah, and like I said, enjoyed that one. Um, and number two is gonna be, and this was tough between the final two, was a uh, one small step. Uh, I really think this was great. I think it has a powerful punch, especially towards the end. Um, but uh, it's just that, like I said, it's just, it's just it's unfair because when you get to number one, I think. Bow is, bow is just, it's Pixar. You know, it's just, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like enough, every, enough said. <laughs> like yeah. every every emotion I felt in all the other films was all combined into one when I saw Bow. Okay. So, awesome. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is surreal. It is beautifully animated. It is touching. It's it's got every component of those ones. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I got nothing else. To, <laughs> so yeah, oh, those are my best my list. Yeah. Excellent. So then Bradley. All right, so number five with me is Weekends. Again, uh, it's just like with anyone out there who didn't like Inception. I didn't get it. You know, I mean, I don't get what's going on. It's (laughs) very stylish, but I when Weekends ended, I'm I wanted to be like, oh, I see the. No, no, I don't get it. And my wife <laughs> well, kind of I mean, patted it, my shoulder. And you know, it was like, 15 it's minutes okay. long, so it's not yeah. terribly long to <laughs> sift through the information. But <laughs> so, Anybody wants to at me and explain it, I'd appreciate it. Uh, number four, animal behavior, which definitely the funniest, the funniest one. You know, Laura the Leech, so funny. Um, not quite sure I got a lot of the jokes, not that that's the film's fault, but you know, I, you know, I always think it sucks that comedy doesn't get a fair shake, and now I'm doing that same thing though by putting it at number four. Yeah, so well, on. it's because you didn't get it. That's why comedy doesn't get a fair shake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so number three, late afternoon. I enjoy late afternoon a lot. Um, like London said, every one of these is a fantastic short, so this is a rough list. You know, I've done respite work myself, and it is life-changing. So You've done a lot of care jobs, it feels like, or at least like in some form. Of- I have. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, some people are good people, and some people aren't. You yeah, know? No, I've I'm had some good, friends who did like, I'm, respite. I'm messing with you, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah no, I'm I, just I've had people so. do care jobs, too, so I can understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 
But the less said about late afternoon, the better, because you should go watch that and bask in the warmth, loving glow of the twist. (laughs) Um, Number two for me, I decided, because I am not an elitist puppet, will be... (laughs) It's pretty much interchangeable. uh, Bow. You know, as a parent, uh, I got Bow immediately. Uh, and I've seen it a bunch of times as well. You know, the kids like to watch it before we watch The Incredibles, too, for the 100th time. So, you know, a mother who has a son that wants to go off and live his own life, does that mean the culture ends with her? You know, it's so much emotion behind this. And it's sold so well without a single line of dialogue. And that's so impressive and just the way it looks again pixar absolutely incredible Uh, but it's the elite so it's not number one um (laughs) one small step is my number one and yeah you can just listen to the review i had it hit me and my wife you know heartstring symphony playing uh we loved it so yeah well, that's sweet. No, I like films like that where you can like enjoy it with other people and get that reaction. You know. The, yeah, for sure. No, actually, I I really want to watch these, and you know, again, thankfully, I have an excuse. I'm going to see Lexi soon, so I want to watch it with her before the Oscars. Yeah, so. you can share the, those moments. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what the weekends is about next time we talk. <laughs> well, Bradley, you see, <laughs> just, just the animation category. No, 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 the other ones. Yeah, maybe not the best thing to watch with a. Any living person. <laughs> a dead person's okay. Not any yeah. person. <laughs> They've seen it all. They don't they don't need to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there we go. I mean yeah, I mean I would say that we, you know, it was like a an hour and a half to cover this stuff, but I mean what? Watching these short films, I think I estimated it to be about four or five hours altogether, kind of thing, because it's you know, some of these films were kinda long. They're, they're about half hour piece a few of them. So mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, unfortunately, the ones that were long shouldn't have been long. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Detainment wasn't, it couldn't be short enough. Jeez. Yeah. Like, we, we, like, we got it. You know, need to. No, but that's awesome. So, yeah, that gives me a good indication of what to look forward to for the Oscar. Because usually, you know, I've always made the joke that predicting the short film categories is like throwing darts at a dartboard, for more or less. It's like, what has the catchiest title and what's the most popular one? You know? But um, awesomeness, awesomeness. So, okay, you know what? I'm just going to end last thing here. So, I mean, whether it's your favorite or not, which one do you think should win each category just quickly? London? Okay, well, um, okay, I'll just work backwards then. Um, Animation, I think what what should win. (laughs) Sorry, Brad, Bow. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Corporate puppet. (laughs) Well, I got my own, yeah. (laughs) I can't argue with it. I'm like, I, like, I feel like a traitor, but I can't deny it. But I won't. No, it's a fantastic film, though. <laughs> okay. Um, for documentary, um, I, as much as I like, period, uh, it's going to be Lifeboat, I think. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and let's see, for the miserable category of life shorts, <laughs> life action. Les Miserables. <laughs> Um, I think it's going to be Marguerite because I think that's a safe one. All uh, right. It's oh. just a because I honestly I I would I was debating it between the uh, detainment and that one, but I just think politically. Oh, well, I don't. You know, that's a good question because you know so far the the academy's kind of been saying f you to politics. So 
Um, at the same time, Vice got nominated a ton at the Oscars. So that's true. And Black Klansman, yeah. and and Black yeah. Panther. Well, what I mean, I'm sorry. What I mean, politics. I mean, like fan base politics. You know, like people getting upset, like oh, the family, and you know, like oh, we don't want to, we don't want to upset people because you know the the content of what is going on. But okay, it like I said. So like I said, I would. I thought it was a tame for a while, but I just think that Marguerite's just a better movie, and I think it'd probably be a safer bet. So, all right, I'll and then I'll go Marguerite. No, awesome, awesome. Uh, Bradley. No, I'm I'm the same. I think Bow will win. Um, I think uh, Lifeboat will win as well, and I'm pulling for Marguerite. And since I don't know much about why a live action short wins. Hey, why not? Marguerite wins then. So. Your guess is as good as anyone else's, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. No, but I think Which that's... Which has the nicest title? Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. What has the nicest title? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you know, yeah. the reason why I won last year for the uh, documentary shorts is because the name of the title um, of the doc was Heaven is uh, a Traffic Jam on the 401. And I'm like, yep, that's the catchiest title. That's going to win. That's such a cool title. Yeah. That, that is a good title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... No, I'm excited. Uh, thank you, guys. This gives me a good idea of how to go through these uh, short films when I finally watch them. So, uh, yeah, you guys are great. So, uh, London, where can people find you on the internets? Well, um, you can check out uh, my um, Twitter at, at NarrativeExam. Um, you can also, I am developing my website, TalkNarrative.com. Um, if you go to it, you're going to get a big old uh, run of construction, but it's going to be there soon. So, but <laughs> And you can go there, check out um, all uh, I, I do. Uh, it's a blog about storytelling. So if you like novels, screenplays, stage plays, and uh, me talking about me talking to novelists about their stories, then definitely check it out. Excellent. And then Bradley. I'm at Bradley of Martin. That's B R A D L Y, no E, of Martin. Also, you can hear me on the Screener Squad and any Eye of the Prize stuff. I always try to get in on all of those. Uh, hopefully I'll get an Oscar sheet so everyone can participate with us on Oscar night. Yay. (laughs) And uh, yeah, that'll be fun. So yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And, uh, yep. You can find me here on this podcast. You can find me on the final days of Gotham. You can find me on screener squad and you can find me on breakfast pub. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of everywhere. I also post the news stories on the social media pages. I talk to Chris about stuff for site management. I'm very, I'm very burnt out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. you're also a teacher <laughs> i'm also a teacher and a student believe it or not so and a student sweet jesus <laughs> uh, you know I, I i talked to chris the other day about that and he was like so you're planning a wedding you're teaching classes you're doing podcasts how do you do it and i just posted them that gif and from arrested development with michael sarah just collapsing onto the floor <laughs> i'm just like i don't <laughs> <laughs> Nah, but thank you all for listening and uh tune in next week we are going to officially you know now that we've talked about the short film categories we're going to make predictions on the main categories as well so stay tuned for that and i hope you have a great weekend see ya bye